0: is uh, how come the uh, Buddha is sitting here on a rock and Kuan Yin is sitting outside under a rock? And maybe more generally, how are we doing with uh, gender issues in Buddhism today?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want an opinion or wisdom? (laughs) It all depends on what you're looking for. You know, it depends on causes and conditions. You know, if you're looking for something in particular, uh, you may not see how things really are. So, if you have an idea of how it should be, and you're looking to see if how it is measures up to it, you may not accurately recognize how it is. So, it would be better to just look at the way things are. In your own experience, uh, wherever you are, and and see if you can come to uh, a balanced uh, relationship with that. Whether you think it's uh, whether you think we're doing really good, generally in the West, or whether you think we're doing really bad, that's just an opinion. It's a perception, and uh, if it causes you to suffer. Then that's your practice. Why he's sitting on why this one is sitting on a rock and that one is under a rock. Causes and conditions. I don't know. Any easier questions? <laughs> too hard your practice must be really good no questions other things you can um, You're the writer who depends on fantasy for um, your livelihood, we might say. So the mind has a strong habit of fantasizing and uh, getting, and, and you get some pleasure out of that. So it is entirely reasonable for you to be noticing that the mind fantasizes a lot and that there's a lot of liking of it you know, at the time. So uh, I would say be happy that you're able to recognize that the mind is fantasizing and be happy to recognize that you get a lot of pleasure out of it. the judgment that the mind shouldn't be fantasizing seems to be conditioned by these new instructions you've gotten for paying attention to being mindful. huh? So I don't think that the instructions are don't fantasize and don't enjoy fantasizing. I think the instructions are to be aware of fantasizing when it happens, to be aware of the pleasure or the satisfaction that Uh, fantasizing brings you and when you notice that the fantasizing has stopped or that uh, it has run out, so to speak um, be careful of the judgment Uh, the judgment doesn't, that you shouldn't be fantasizing or that it's not good to be fantasizing uh, doesn't improve your knowledge of yourself Uh, it just kind of Dampens your, you know, your sense of yourself, being critical of yourself, not so, not so good. So just to be aware that there's judgment uh, of yourself, and to notice that, and notice the feeling that comes with self judgment. Um, I don't know if you were in the group or not, but. One of the groups recently, Sayadaw, was talking about uh, the wandering mind. And, uh, you know, we have this uh, way of talking about the mind where we say, oh, I'm trying to you know, pay attention to the present moment, and my mind wandered away. You know, and then I went to get it, and I brought it back. Right? Actually, Sayadaw said, the mind doesn't wander anywhere. The mind doesn't go anywhere. It's that there's a a moment of arising of a sensation or there's a moment of arising of a thought or there's a moment of arising of noticing a thought, but it's all happening right here. The mind doesn't really wander away, so we don't really have to bring it back. But all we have to do is recognize, or try to, recognize what is arising in each moment. And if it's a thought... Not to think, oh, the mind has gone somewhere, but rather to recognize that actually what is happening is a thought has arisen in the mind or an idea has arisen in the mind. A fantasy or an image has arisen in the mind. Pleasure has arisen in the mind. It's not happening out there. It's happening in here, in this mind. So to, to correct our misunderstanding that the mind doesn't really go anywhere. It just arises here in the present moment one after another. So see if you can do that.
0: I've been here 3 weeks and I've got a week to go and I am so ready to go home. Um and the thought of another week of sitting and walking is <laughs> feels Um, uh,
1: it happens sometimes, you know where we come with uh, you know uh, a lot of enthusiasm or we, we undertake a period of practice with a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of interest, a lot of uh, whatever we come with, and over the course of the the time of our practice, it changes you know and we uh, you know, find ourselves with less energy or less inspiration or less confidence or maybe even less mindfulness or, or it appears that way. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can get, uh, we can think that our practice is uh, worn out or is not so good, but actually you're still aware. You still are mindful of what's going on. You know, you, you, you uh, recognize how you feel right now right? You feel, you know, kind of heavy and a little bit oppressed and a little bit, huh? Cooked. Cooked. Well done. And, um, but what I hear in what you're saying is that you don't like that. Is that right? Oh, that's the wrong attitude. Actually, just the way it is is the way it is. But what I hear you saying is the way it is isn't good enough for me. I want it to be something different. and So there's some pushing and aversion and a kind of uh, judgment of it or maybe judgment of yourself even. And uh, that's where the problem is. It's not that there's this feeling of some unpleasant physical, maybe an unpleasant mental feeling. It's that you don't like it and you want to get rid of it. You want to... Uh, go home now or stop practice now or something like that. That's where the problem is. So see if you can recognize the uh, aversion, the disliking of this thought, you know, that, oh, I have another week, this heavy thought, I have another week and uh, whatever. Hmm? And see if you can work with the uh, aversion uh, before you get... uh, tied up in a knot and really don't want to, and really leave <laughs> early. So, do you recognize the aversion? Or do you just recognize, oh, this is, you know, I I don't like it, I'm done, I don't want to be here anymore, and are you just kind of lost and that in the... Oh, see, well, see if you can, see if you can uh, recognize, oh, this is aversion, and then not trying to get rid of the aversion and try to mm, be happy to be here, but see what you can understand about aversion. See what you can understand about how you experience uh, aversion in the mind. What does it do to the mind? What does it feel like in the body? How long does it last if you really pay attention to it? Because if you get curious, uh, that curiosity can... uh, you can learn a lot through curiosity in investigating... What is actually going on there? So,
0: is trying to recognize the aversion different from trying to be okay with um, the experience you're averse to? Like, let's say I'm having this experience. I mean, sometimes I'll just say the words just fine, like it's sort of an
1: attempt to be okay Uh with the thing that I'm being averse to. Yes. Is that different than what you just said? Yes. I wouldn't try to say. You know, this is okay. I really hate it, but it's really okay. I wouldn't do that I, because it's unpleasant. There's something unpleasant in your, in your physical experience and in your mind. It's unpleasant. And we're not trying to, to kind of uh, put a spin on it and say, you know, this really is good. We're not trying to say that. We're trying to say, this is unpleasant and I don't like it. And we're trying to recognize that that's what's actually going on. We're not trying to cover up and kind of try to see it differently, but we're trying to see more of what's going on there. This is un- there's an unpleasant feeling in the mind. There's an unpleasant thought in the mind. You know, there's maybe, uh, you know, I'm guessing, but, you know, there may be some frustration with your practice. There may be some judgment that you're not doing as good as you thought you would do or wanted to do. Uh, there may be some disappointment in the mind. Maybe you're really longing to do something in a week. You know, the day you get home, you've really got something exciting planned, and you're looking. So there might be some, some of the aversion, like frustration, disappointment, uh, criticism, or judgment. There may be desire in the mind that is kind of anticipating and looking for what you're going to do after you get out of here. And those are what, those, uh, if they're not recognized, if those thoughts or judgments or feelings aren't recognized, then you'll just get caught in, I don't like being here now. And you miss that, the 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 conditioned response or the conditioned reaction to the unnoticed desire or the unnoticed uh, frustration or the unnoticed disappointment. So... When you look closely at, well, what's going on here? You know, if I just uh, can see the I don't like it and put that aside for a minute, we're not denying it, but what, what is really going on? What's, what's the nature of your thoughts? What's the nature of the feelings? Which, which defilements have entered your mind and have kind of blindsided you? Disappointment, frustration, desire, judgment, criticism, things like that. So then you can learn about those experiences because let's face it it's not only in retreat where we feel disappointed frustrated critical there's, there's all kinds of things in our life that we feel that way about whether it's our job or our neighbors or you know political situation economic situation there's there's many conditions in our life to which we might be frustrated disappointed and it's not that we're going to change all those conditions and never have to feel disappointed. Not possible. So in this situation, we would be using our time wisely to learn about disappointment, to learn about frustration, to learn about uh, whatever else is, is going on in the mind. Mostly when we have these feelings you know, outside of a retreat, When we have these feelings of frustration, disappointment, judgment, criticism, we just avoid them. We avoid them, we do something else, we entertain ourselves, distract ourselves so we don't have to feel them. But now you have this perfect place to take a look. There's nothing else to do, just take a look at them and and learn from them. So let me, let me try to repeat what you said, or that if you were sitting and imagining something coming at you, you might feel the body flinch, even though it's only happening in your mind. Is that what you're saying? That's right. and it actually does. I can feel my yeah. arm just flinch. Again. Yeah, go like that. And uh, how do you feel about that? curious. that you're noticing it is good that you're curious about it is also good um, if you're relying on me to give you an answer not so good
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to understand if there's a difference really between just in terms of the, the, the whole process yeah.
1: you know the, what the Buddha talked about in terms of you know, the whole sequence of you know, not the mind itself, condition condition reaction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in the imagination in your imagination with your eyes closed there may be a visual thing that's that that's happening and uh, you know the the difference between a, a, a visualized fantasy and your eyes open you know there is a difference significant difference but the mind still reacts so you're noticing that the mind mind created experience is just as pow- in some ways just as powerful as external experience, as far as conditioning or precipitating a reaction in the mind or a reaction in the body.
2: So, in that sense, the mind is like a seventh sense or something. In other words, besides normal seeing, there's seeing in the
1: mind mm-hmm. or hearing in the mind. Mm-hmm. Or They're still, they're still kind of activating. We can't really say that we're seeing when, when we're fantasizing. That's a mental, mentally constructed image that you have. But what I, how I, would, what I would think about that, if, if I noticed that in myself, I would see that I was lost in a fantasy. First, I didn't know that I was fantasizing. Because if you know that you're fantasizing, what you're fantasizing about won't move you. You'll see, you'll, you'll know you're fantasizing and it's just a fantasy. So it sounds like you were lost in the fantasy, not really recognizing it. But your mindfulness was pretty good because when the fantasy got to the point where it was threatening you, you know, and you started to uh, respond, to react, to protect yourself or keep from getting hit by the car or the ball or from falling or something, uh, then. The intention to move the body arose in the mind, you know, and there was even a contraction or a subtle movement of the body, but it didn't follow through. So what I would say is your mindfulness noticed the intention. And realized at that point, oh this is a fantasy and didn't didn't follow through. So your mindfulness was ready to notice something like the intention but it wasn't strong enough to notice the fantasy. Yeah? That's what it sounds like to me, that the mental thing wasn't, the mindfulness isn't picking up on or noticing the mental stuff, but as soon as it gets physical you know, movement, then the mindfulness catches that. That's what it sounds like to me. So that's good. It's good to notice that You know, when the body flinches like that, there's an intention or an impulse in the mind to move, but you notice it, and you don't carry through, you don't follow through. That's noticing intention, being mindful of intention.
0: I just arrived today, my first
1: long retreat. First long retreat. Well, uh, in some ways, the hard part is over. You've got yourself here. And it's pretty hard to disentangle yourself from all the pulls and distractions and attachments and plans you know, that you have in your life. So you're here. And how long do you plan to stay? Uh, 33, days. 33 days. Well, I would say give yourself a few days to just kind of gradually uh, get in, meaning uh, not to put a lot of pressure on yourself to go as slow as everybody else is here or to, because to, some, some people have been here for a long time, but to just kind of ease, relax. You know, you're here, relax. Relax the body, relax the mind, but pay attention. And just notice the simplicity of what is happening in each moment whether the body's moving or whether the mind's moving, whether the eyes are seeing, whether the ears are hearing. Just keep it really simple like that. Later and gradually, as time goes by, you will notice more. But to try to notice everything at once on day one or day two will put too much pressure on the mind. It'll, it'll, you'll, you'll, you'll try too hard. And then you'll just get a headache, and the body will get tight, you'll get frustrated, disappointed, you'll have a, you, you won't have fun. But really, you can have fun here. You can just relax. There's no cell phones, there's no email, there's no phones, there's no, you don't have to handle money, you don't have to do anything, you just have to pay attention. What a, what a wonderful opportunity, really. You know? But the mind, the mind's habits may bother you. So be careful. No, just be really gentle with uh, noticing what's going on and be happy that you have the time and the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You've been talking a lot about investigating. Yeah. Uh, and um, I wonder if any comments. Uh, if One comes into a situation,
0: um, say it's an aversive situation of some kind, what there's It, why it's there, what the response is, and so on. How does one constructively, uh, what would be your strategy, for constructively beginning to investigate that and trying to uncover
1: um, what's happening? Right. You said, um, I, I think you said, you come into a situation and you you, you, you find all this aversion and, <laughs> but you mean you you notice it. Aversive material arises. In the mind. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, kind of Yeah. Um,
0: I just wondering um, if you have any suggestions on how to begin to uh, try to sort it out. Mm.
1: Mm. When unfamiliar experience arises, and there's some amount of this is unfamiliar, then uh, to acknowledge what it is you do know about the situation oh it's pleasant or it's unpleasant or it's painful or it's uh, you know causes the mind to be very restless or sleepy or whatever you you know it somehow you know something about it so whatever you notice about it take just just register that oh this is unpleasant there's a lot of thinking uh, i really don't like it and and you may recognize that it's aversion as you, as you Mentioned, huh? Okay, you got an aversion, but you don't know anything else about it. One thing that you can do is um, now. There's a story. Is there a story going on about this aversion, like some, you know, recalling some uh, something that you said or something that you did or anything like that? No, no, it isn't. There's no story. So it's just a feeling of like I don't like it. I don't like this. That's aversion. You yeah, definitely a feeling about it. you don't like it. Yeah. Okay, is the is the physical experience unpleasant or is the is, is there some mental content that's unpleasant? Emotional unpleasantness. Okay. And you don't like it. it. Okay. So that's what you know. Just know that there's the mind is unpleasant and there's some aversion to it. I don't like it. But I also heard you say that you're curious about where this come from, why is it arising now, what's it all about? What are the conditions that cause it to come about? Okay. So this, this, this. I wouldn't look for that. I would acknowledge what it is I know. The mind is unpleasant, and I don't like it. That's what you know for sure. But I also hear you saying, I want to figure this out, or what can I do to to, to uh, know more about this? So there is some questioning in the mind also, just questioning. So that's what you know about this situation. It's unpleasant, I don't like it, and there's questioning. Mm-hmm. And there's some doubt about what you should do next, right? Because you're asking me, what should I do now? So there's some doubt about what I should do, or what you should do, to with this material, right? Okay. So just notice that. The mind is unpleasant, I don't like it, there's some curiosity, and there's some doubt about what to do next. Okay. So, all of that you know. Now, I would say, okay, I know all this about this situation. And rather than focusing on what you know about this situation, settle back and ask yourself, or or kind of turn your mind in this direction what else is going on here? Or what else is happening? Or what else do I know right now in this moment? So we're not looking at and focusing on what we do know. The mind's unpleasant. I don't like it. I got some doubt about what I should be doing. We're not focusing on that. But we're making space for what else is going on there but is not yet recognized. Do you know what I mean? So rather than, you know, in this room... If I said to you, w- what do you notice about this room? Well, you'd notice, you know, there's people sitting here and there's cushions and you notice the lights and you notice the ceiling and you notice, you notice, you notice the trees and the rock and the Buddha. And I said, well, what else do you notice? If you keep focusing on what you've already seen, you'll never recognize the shape of the room. Right? But the shape of the room is something that can be known about this situation, about this room or you might not notice the the odor in the room, or you might not notice the humidity of the room because you're looking at the mats, the plants, the rock, the people. So the same situation is going on in your mind. There's something going on here. If you focus on what you already know, you won't see what you don't yet know. So you have to kind of make that space, step back from what you do know and just say, and turn your mind in this direction, what else? what else do I know about this situation? Or what else can be known about this situation? Or what else is happening here in that way? And then not zooming in and looking for something, but let let that answer, let the mind receive uh, whatever else comes from this situation. In an experiential way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely experientially. Thinking about why you're feeling the way you're feeling, not so useful. Not so useful. If you see it, of course. If you see a situation and you think about that and you see, oh, that's what's going on. That's why I'm feeling so unsatisfied and unhappy. Well, that's different. But I didn't hear you say that. I hear you say you have no idea what's going on. No idea what the content is. Okay, maybe if you try this, it'll, something will appear to give you a hint or a clue. This is, what, this is the kind of investigation I have learned over the past few years. Rather than focusing on what is known, is to step back and make space for what is not yet known about the situation. Um, if you turn to the body there's a little bit of a focusing going on you know you're kind of limiting the range of your looking or your, your, your sensing to the body but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that you know if there's if, if you feel some discomfort in the body you might look at it yes but if you're just trying to open to what's going on I would include the mind and the body and the, in, in the environment also, what's going on. So you're just open to whatever comes to the mind rather than limiting it to what's going on in the body, like that, in this open investigation. Yeah. Most times we think we're being open all the time. Say it again?
0: Bigger
1: openness. If you pay careful attention, you might notice that you're not as open as you think. huh? Because uh, what happens is, we may be open and something calls our attention, and then we go get immersed in that thought, or in that feeling, or in that sensation in the body, and then we're not open, we're kind of glommed onto it. We may have first gotten pulled there because we were open and something caught our attention. But to stay open while something is pulling your attention is, is, is very different. So if you look really carefully, it's not so much that we just want to be open and just kind of float away. We want to recognize what, we're, what, what is being known in this openness.
2: Right?
1: And recognize when you get caught. Uh, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that openness is not being identified with the feeling because you can be, you know, in this situation, you said that you've, there's something going on and you have a lot of aversion. You're very identified with the aversion. You know, I really don't like this. But even within that, you can, you can step back and receive what else is going on there. We're not leaving that. We're not kind of pushing it away. We're not focusing on it but we're allowing space in the mind to receive whatever else is going on there.
0: You know, I guess that what I was saying was that the, um, the opening uh, diminishes the intensity of the emotional state because I, what I just discovered in this conversation, you know, as it occurred is that the, there's this attachment to the aversion, the clinging to it and by opening up the clinging
1: What did you learn about your aversion?
0: That it's associated with the
1: clinging. so there's clinging to something yeah. you're being identified with this aversion, and when you recognize that, then sometimes just just that it's not so you're not so averse or you're not so kind of blinded by it hmm? Mindfulness is a great thing you know there's no, there's nothing like mindfulness to bring immediate relief from what we're identified with. You know, we get caught. We get caught in our fantasies, we get caught in our, our daydreams, you get caught in your aversion. And mindfulness can, can just just dissolve it, just like that. But that remembering or that recalling, or as, as Saito Tejani is saying, the remembering to 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 recognize what what this experience is. That's what mindfulness is. That's what we're cultivating here, is this, the continuity of recognizing each moment's experience, whether it's fantasy, daydream, aversion, or whatever. There was... Yeah?
3: same
1: story same story So sleeping is not relief right it's it's temporary uh, temporary relief but it doesn't really handle anything Remember that Yeah On the other side of the loop, meaning, when when you're when you're in a struggle with what's going on, and you you're you're trying everything you can remember, and you you've got all the techniques, and none of them are working, and all that, forget it, drop drop it, you know. That's when you go have a cup of tea, you go for a walk outside, because there's there's kind of too much wound up, you're too wound up in trying to do something, you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to get rid of this. This, you're trying to get closer to the experience, you're trying to get rid of the delusion, you're trying to figure out which technique to use. There's a lot of trying in there. But actually, if, you, if, if in that moment you could just say, what's going on? Like start just, just fresh from, from that situation. Not that you're trying to do any technique. I don't mean to be giving you another technique. But just, what's going on? Well... Really confused, right? That's all you need to know. Really confused. Now, if you think you shouldn't be confused, or if you think I've got to get a technique to get rid of this confusion, that's the problem. The confusion is not the problem. It's your relationship to the confusion. That's, the pro- that's what's causing you the, the personal distress, is I don't like it, I want to get rid of it, I want to figure it out, which technique do I use? But otherwise, it's just, oh, boy, the mind is really confused or it's really attached or it's really, you know, this story is just driving me nuts or whatever, right? But not wanting it, trying to figure it out, trying to get rid of it, trying to do something with it. The problem. That's the problem. Let it be there. It is there. What can you learn about it? It does have its own momentum. It, come, it has come because of causes and conditions that are uh, greater than you know about at this point. You know, we're lost in fantasies. There's emotions and thoughts and all kinds of judgments, all kinds of stuff happening. But it's not accidental. It's because of causes and conditions that it's there. So what we're trying to do with mindful awareness is just to recognize oh, this is what's going on right now. Not to get rid of it, not to fix it, not to figure it out, not to apply some technique to suppress it or eh, nothing. It's just to know what what is this? What is this experience, right? That's what we want to know. So we're we're looking at it, we're 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 practicing with it, we're practicing our mindfulness with it in order to understand it better. But it did sound like you were lost, you just entangled in all the instruction and all the techniques and all the ways of working with something which, you know, weren't working. You know, it practice is much simpler than that. Practice really is much simpler than that. It's just acknowledging, recognizing and acknowledging what's going on. Confusion, right? Yeah. Simplify. It's, it's, it's a... In this case, it would be simplify it a little bit. A lot, actually. Simplify it a lot. Sometimes, in a situation like that, you know, if you're just sitting and walking, sitting and walking, and and, and you get into that kind of a thing, I would break the kind of the, the momentum of your practice and go for a walk, or just go out of the situation that is kind of, that you've kind of constructed that keeps feeding it so go for a walk or, or do something like that that exposes you to different sights different sounds different experiences that can that you can also be mindful of it's like Said I was saying you know if you're really lost if your eyes are closed and you're just lost in fantasy over and over and over again open your eyes You know, if you're inside the building and you're just going from here to your room, down to the dining room and back and forth, back and forth, go outdoors, change the 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 whole space in which you're you're viewing this state of mind. Yeah. What about just surrendering? Is that a term that you would use? I I'm not I don't use the word surrender too often, but. I would when I use when I hear the word surrender, what that means to me is, you know, accept. This is the way it is. It's totally confused. I am totally entangled. I'm totally, you know, angry. I'm totally, you know, in, uh, attached, or I'm totally confused. It's just like this is the way it is. Surrender, surrender in that sense. Surrender to the way it is, rather than struggling with. I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm trying to, you know, not have this attachment or i'm not trying i'm trying to not have this confusion i'm trying to not have this fantasy i'm not trying to not, not have this surrender it's like this is the way it is right now it's really unpleasant it's really confusing it's really attached it's really painful oh because that's what's really happening the way it is is confused attached struggling right that's where you have to start that's where your, your mindfulness starts it's also in that moment. Engineer talks about. All the struggling is not relaxing. So this surrendering, to use, to use that word, surrendering to the way it is, is relaxing. It's like, stop struggling. But that means you've got to feel what's going on, right? Now you've got to feel the confusion. Now you've got to feel the attachment. You've got to feel the aversion. You've got to feel the whatever, whatever it is. Knowingly feel knowingly, that's what mindfulness is—to recognize and to feel it with awareness, to know it.
3: Steve, a lot of people seem to be curious about the, um, your talk of stepping back and seeing it in a bigger way. I know you're talking about to ask you any questions about yourself now, but for uh, the—I um, have a lot of fear, I'm yeah. frightened. Yeah. And,
1: What I hear you say in Lorna, and excuse me, is like, I really don't like it. It's like, I see all this, you see all this, you know, the fear and the this and the goodiness and the fear of what might be happening and the trouble, but what I didn't hear you say is, I don't like this. It's really unpleasant. But I heard you say, I want to step back from it. Is there any aversion to what you're experiencing? (laughs) <laughs> You're hoping it'll pass quick. Uh, huh? I'm on retreat. This is happening on retreat. It's meaty. So, how can I be? Yes, I presume there must be aversion. There must be. So Don't presume anything. Don't assume no. it is. <laughs> Okay, so j- just, just as I was saying, in your situation, there's, there's, there's something that, that, you know, something from the past is coming up and it's haunting you. And there's uh, anticipation about the future. And you can see that it's all coming and going and coming and going and, you know. But there's a certain familiarity to it. Okay, so you know all this. What else is going on here? Like that what else do I know about this situation? Clunk. So this, this just allows the mind to not focus on what you know about the past, what you fear about the future, what you're feeling in your body. You're not focusing on that. You're just making the space in the mind to recognize what else you know is going on. What else is going on? What else that you know about this situation? It might be, I don't like it. So we're not actually pushing away from this, this, this stuff that you're aware of. We're just not focusing on it so that there's space around it, so you can see what else is going on there. Same question as, as I was mentioning to the other fellow. It's like, what else is, do I know about this situation? What else is going on here?
3: questioning what occurred. Why does that occur when there is mindfulness to see why why does it leave? And is this a necessary question? Is this an investigative question? Or is this just too much in my mind
1: Uh you can ask the question, why did this unpleasantness leave? Or But I wouldn't expect, uh, be careful about expecting an answer, like a definite answer, like that you could write it out. But just to know that, oh, when I became aware of this aversion, then it and the unpleasantness stopped. Okay. Now I have a question for you. Did it stop because you became aware of it? Or did it stop because that's its nature? the way it is, isn't it? If you pay attention to something, you'll see that. If you're not paying attention to it, it seems to last a long time, sometimes. Things don't stop because you notice them. You may notice that they stop when you notice them, because that's their nature. Things arise and pass away. Things arise and pass away. Sometimes you'll notice that.
3: So, because when that question arose, like, why did that happen? And um, there was no seeing or understanding. The, when that question arose, there was no? There was no answer or understanding. Yeah. I also was aware there was no frustration that I didn't have an answer, and I just moved
1: on. Yeah. I, I moved on. Mm. So, just that, that question arose. Um, like, Were you aware of questioning in the mind? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's That's good.
2: I'm where I'm doing more focused work
1: with the breath or walking with my feet, or to just keep going kind of Um I know you've practiced a lot uh in using other techniques and have been here for what'd you say, ten days, I think, huh? It um my experience in, in, in coming to practice through Tejaniya and to hear those instructions and to try to practice, it took me 10 days to, to begin to feel like I was, had stopped doing my old way and was actually doing something different. So it took 10 days to even get there. And then it took another three or four days to kind of stabilize, like, oh, this is, this is, different. This is different. And, uh, one of the instructions that Sayadaw gave me at that point, once I, once I got clear that, oh, I want to do something different, you know, you know I don't, I'm not critical of the way I've been doing practice, but I see that there's something else that can be done, and there's, there's benefits to it. So I was trying to, trying to learn this way. And one of the instructions he gave me was, uh, every time you find yourself resorting to a previous technique or a previous instruction don't do that but instead but instead notice what caused you to think you had to do that right there just to notice that moment that you that i thought oh i've got to i got to go back to the breath i got to note that i got to walk a little slower i got to you know guard my senses whatever it was that occurred just before I had that intention. I inevitably found out that I wasn't aware of it, but there was some awareness of it. But I wasn't mindfully aware of it. So to me, that was a a, a valuable key. So I'm definitely not going to tell you to go back to your old focus practice. You know, because now you're you're you're, you're practicing in this way, and it takes some time to. Make the adjustment huh? to 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 hear what's going on to to try it out a little bit to let go of your attachment to your familiar practice and if you just kind of pick it all back up and you know well, you can do that and you'll have a familiar kind of experience, but you might not get the uh, uh, the, the opportunity or the benefit to see how ten days of this could Extend into your your uh, your household life or your everyday life outside of a retreat center. Yeah. So, in that way, I, I encourage you to experiment for the next week. You know, when you leave, you go home. Keep doing the, keep doing it this way, just to see what happens. Uh, you mentioned just one comment. You mentioned that uh, you you don't feel like you have the same. Samadhi that you usually experience on a ten-day retreat, you said something like that, right? Yeah, that that was my experience too. Definitely didn't have the same uh, kind of uh, samadhi. But what I did discover was that there was samadhi, but it was uh, uh, it was pliable. It wasn't so kind of you know, focused on and kind of limited to uh, the smallness or the size of an object. But it was just very expansive, but there was, there was good continuity. And it took a while for me to recognize that, you know, because I was, I was pretty attached to my, that kind of samadhi that we're familiar with, from the focusing, primary object, noting. There's a certain kind of samadhi, that a certain experience of samadhi that we're familiar with. And, and unbeknownst to me, I was attached to it. <laughs> Maybe you too. <laughs> so, give yourself the opportunity to recognize samadhi in another form, or samadhi in a different uh, a different way of experiencing samadhi. Mem- remembering that samadhi is merely continuity of recognition. Okay, continuity of recognition. Mindfulness is recognition. Samadhi or concentration is continuity of mindfulness, continuity of recognition. Okay, so that's an hour. Maybe
0: we should stop.